What happens when you mix a gorilla and a whale? Find out today on... Godzilla Destroy All Podcasts. everyone come on in take a seat pop a squat how you doing everyone happy godzilla day i am your beautiful cunning and charismatic host logan vo i'm joined today by my guest host charles with a spoon who is a lover of gigantic radiated reptiles i called you guest host you just let it slide god damn it (laughs) i didn't catch it all right you're the guest host forever i'm the guest host I have a speech impediment. You don't got to come at me like that, Charles. <laughs> and I don't think before I speak, so I say words out of order sometimes. <laughs> That's called dyslexia. I have that, too. Oh, God damn. You have a learning disorder like me. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, Chuck? I'm doing good. Uh, I am very excited for this episode today because it marks the anniversary of this monster. 67 years. Yeah. The OG. Wait, hold on. The day. Of this month, I don't know if it's the actual anniversary, is it? Yeah, well, the, the yeah, November third is the okay, okay. anniversary. Sixty okay. so seven. All right, I was overthinking it. Uh, it's also the fiftieth anniversary of Godzilla vs. Hidora, so that's fun too. That's very convenient for Hidora. You yeah, some extra publicity there. <laughs> um, so the the merch store that I like, uh, Cavity Colors. Uh, just got an official license from Toho to do a bunch yeah, of new Godzilla Yeah, you uh, showed me that the other day. I still I still need to get on that website. I'm yeah. just kind of broke right now. Uh, n- not a sponsor, but if you want some cool Godzilla merch, check out Cavity Colors. They have a whole new line of new Toho licensed Godzilla stuff. And they have a 50th anniversary Hedora print that comes out today. Um, the the new Mechagodzilla stuff that came out two weeks ago. I ordered the Mechagodzilla long sleeve. It'll be here in a couple weeks. I'm really excited about that. Do they have short sleeves for that? Yeah. Okay. I just like a long sleeve. I don't know why. Well, it's getting cold out soon. You're probably thinking ahead. Yeah, but it always sucks in the summer because like I have all these long sleeve shirts and they're cool, but like can't wear them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, I have seen you wear quite a few long sleeve shirts. Yeah, I, I've I've transitioned into long sleeve shirt boy. I am Sir Long Sleeves, as they call me on the streets. I am slowly transitioning to someone who wears hats all the time. Or a beanie. I like beanies. You're going bald like me. Welcome to the club, brother. Yeah, but I never thought that that's the way I'd go out. <laughs> if you I've, can start I've shaving your head. So many years of living with a fro that was unmanageable. Now that I don't have it, I kind of miss it. I know. I mean, it, it's it's like something like seventy percent of men over thirty experienced male pattern baldness of some sort. Yeah, I just didn't so think it's going to be this. Early it's inevitable. Me. You're. I made it to thirty before it started to really go, which I was happy. I'm about. not even thirty yet, though. <laughs> How are you? Twenty one, twenty two. I am twenty nine. Oh, okay. This year, so. Currently 28. It's going to be another month or two. I keep forgetting. Like, I know we lived together for a long time, but, like, I still remember your 21st birthday. So, in my head, you're just always 21. Well, I don't think you can forget somebody being blackout drunk holding a toilet. (laughs) So, we're, like, trying to sober you up. Or we said we were trying to sober you up. Like, hey, Chuck, drink this. (laughs) And my friend. Our buddy just hands you a glass. who I trusted. Hand me a glass of fucking vodka. We thought, he, he told you it was water. Yeah, he said it was water because I asked for water and I thought I could trust him and I downed half a glass of vodka. I like how you got through most of it before you noticed, too. Oh, you don't taste it after a while, but then I once guess. it really hits you, you're like, oh shit. I mean, vodka is my least favorite drink, so. It's I the one I started on, so I was already used to it. I was a gin baby. I'm still a gin baby. I like gin. 
I have, I have you had me try a gin before? I, I know, know you if had I me, had you try a gin. And you gave me yet. a shot of scotch once, and that burned like hell. Well, you're not supposed to sh- like. You can shoot scotch. Like get, it was a small shot you gave me. You yeah, you're supposed it. to like sip on it with like a like a cigar, even though I don't smoke. But yeah, and then you know, I just downed it like a champion <laughs> and died immediately. Ah, uh, so we're recording this on Halloween. So happy Halloween, everyone! Even though this releases on November third, but yeah, I wanted to do. The Godzilla original OG 1954, because A, it's Godzilla Day. It AKA, has to be done. A.K.A. Gojira. Gojira. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's it's time we did a Godzilla himself. And you know, I actually think it's quite fitting that we recorded this on Halloween, because this was originally supposed to be a horror movie. It, it, I mean, for the people who saw this in Japan in 1954, it is very much a horror movie. Yeah, and you know, if you watch it late at night, in the dark of your basement with the lights off... It is still kind of horror. I don't have a basement here. I have an apartment. I'll have to have you over for a day to watch it. Then. <laughs> My but, basement's unfinished, so it's a little extra creepy. Um, if you live near a draft house movie theater, uh, Alamo Draft House is the most famous. But there's a few other draft houses throughout the country. They are playing Godzilla in full 4K restoration. So if you're near one, check it out. Go see it because there's some of them are doing a double screen of this Godzilla and then also Shin Godzilla. Oh, Shin on that size would be amazing. Yeah, so if, if you're near one, check it out. I think that'd be like a it's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to see Godzilla right. theaters. And if you're a good fan of Godzilla, you have to watch the original. Yes, of course. The actual Japanese. The American remake is okay, but Yeah, they, the white guy gets kinda of annoying. <laughs> yeah, they literally just add in a white reporter. Yeah. And they just kinda of reshoot some scenes and yeah. use the footage over. It's basically the same movie, just with a, a white guy added in. His name is Steve Martin in the movie. Yeah, uh he actually comes back in the uh Showa series, um Godzilla nineteen eighty five, I think. That's Heisei. Heisei, sorry, yes, Heisei, sorry. I'm the actor wait. or the or the character? The the white reporter. Okay. I haven't seen eighty five. I think it's the time. same actor too, he's just much older. Well yeah, he'd be like thirty years older. Yeah. But all right, I'll have to check that out. I haven't watched eighty five yeah. in a while. I've I have it burned on a disc. I, a, I, I, own, a I own all of Heisei. Yeah, but I'm mine real. doesn't work in my Blu-ray player anymore, so I can't watch it anymore. So I might need to borrow yours, but I want to watch it again. You might need a new Blu-ray player. I need a new Blu-ray. No, player. The Blu-ray player was brand new. The disc was the problem. Oh, because you're bootlegging. Hey, I got these bootlegs from a very. Being, the word I, want to I, use? I get it. Godzilla has a, a history of having to bootleg to see a lot of stuff because it wasn't released in America for a long time. Right. So, but yeah, um, really quick, we got another five star review. I wanted to read that for you, Charles. Ah, and I, yes, you have not spoken to me of this one yet. You I have told me not we had another one, but I have not looked it up myself yet. So again, if you leave us a five star review on the old Apple iPods, uh, I'll read it on the air. So let me pull it up here. Um, fun fact, uh, at least on my phone, if you just Google Godzilla in Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we're the first show to pop up, which means in our area, we're getting a lot of downloads. So thank you, everyone who's listening. Yeah, that's thanks to you guys. So again, thank you so much. Here is the five-star review. It is by Sister Rez. My 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 soul kind of left my body when I was reading this. Did it? I'll tell you why in a second. Jesus. My nine-year-old loves kaiju and all things Godzilla, and I was looking for a podcast. I chose this podcast because Apple Podcasts flagged it as clean. Spoiler alert, it's not, lol. <laughs> That's why my soul left my body like, How oh no. How did we no. get flagged as clean? So, I think I can change it. 
I can go in and change it. I just I never have because this was I did I Dude, thought five s- people would listen to this we show. We swear so much in this. How is this clean? I so on Anchor I upload it to Anchor. I use a different uploading software, hosting software than my other shows because this was supposed to be just a fun side project. Right, right. We've kind of blown up a little bit surprisingly. So I left everything as default. So I think the default was clean. So I think I can go in and change it. But Sister Rez, thank you for being a cool person and not like blasting me for saying this is clean because <laughs> I never changed it. Um, continue on with with the review. This podcast cracks him up and has inspired him to want to do his own kaiju podcast. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, first off, uh, Sister Rez, thank you for being a cool mom. Oh, this is a mom. All so right. it's a mom saying that the nine-year-old loves the show. Oh, that's awesome. So... Mom, thank you all. Thank you for being awesome and like letting your kid listen to it because we do swear a lot. Yeah. Sorry about that. Little man, thanks for hanging in there. And if you start your own show, hell yeah, do it, dude. Yeah, we're not afraid of competition. I mean, there's no, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, like, there's, there's a bajillion wrong. Godzilla podcasts. There's nothing wrong with breeding more podcasts. No, I'm not afraid of the competition. I'm saying go for it, buddy. Yes. Heck, if anybody if, else if, wants to make a podcast with us, go ahead and do it. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much for the five-star review. So, Chuck. Yes. Should we get into this little beefy boy of, of yeah. Godzilla? Would you like me to start with a couple of his, you know, his, uh, our usual height and weight stats? Yeah, let's do that quick. All right. So, Gojira, Godzilla, 1954, the, o- the OG man, the irradiated prehistoric amphibious reptile, is 50 meters tall and weighs a... Not as staggering as we're used to, 20,000 metric tons. As OG as he was, he was more of the smaller kaijus back then. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting is they originally wanted this to be a stop-motion film. Yeah, they actually did. But because of uh, production was due to be done by the end of the year when they were filming it, they couldn't do it that because be it done. would take too long. I, I don't think this movie is as successful if it's stop motion. No, I don't think so either. There's just something about having a suit that just makes things uniquely better. Yeah, the way they film it, like, they film the suit when when uh, the dude's in the suit walking. They film him at, like, 72 frames a second. Yeah. And then they go back and play it in 24, so that's why he looks kind of different while he moves and stuff. Very unhuman-like. Yeah, actually, they were trying... They're trying to make sure they're going for unhuman movements, mm-hmm. but it actually really panned out that they were using a suit because the suit was so staggeringly heavy and unwieldy to wear that it was impossible for the suit actors to actually move in a humanish stature. Wasn't it? So they had like originally two guys to suit act, and like the first like, guy like left after the first day. He's like, Screw uh, this. I think it was two or three before our, the legendary actor himself was actually able to get it done yeah so uh, yeah they both left. of them only survived like maybe one shooting one or two shootings each this original suit was like 220 pounds yeah that's heavy yeah think about this people a 220 pound thick rubber suit that around you, had to, you around you at all times you are heating up and there are underwater scenes <laughs> you are not doing well but uh Going into the legendary suit actor, let's go into him really quick. Yes. So we have Nakajima. He's he's the OG. He's the guy who did the Godzilla suit from this movie up until 72 when he retired. Yeah, his first 12 Godzilla films. So all the way up to Gigan. Yeah. Nearly 20 years of being Godzilla. And Godzilla was not the only monster he played either. 
No. You want to go into some of the other things he did? Yeah, he played a array of monsters, including legends like Rodan and even Mothra at some points. Mm-hmm. Even uh, uh, most King notably, Kong. yeah, he played King Kong in King Kong Escapes. Yep, that's which the second King Kong is, movie. Uh, the one with the Mecha Kong, I believe. Yeah, that Gorosaurus Mecha Kong. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that, like, if you listen to our last episode, uh, Ebra Horror of the Deep, King Kong Escapes happened because that movie wasn't up to Rick and Bass's standards. So they wanted a different movie from right, Toho. Yeah. He also played Varan and uh, Mogura at some point, apparently. And Baragon in, in yeah, the and movie uh, Frankenstein vs. Baragon. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember the name of the actual movie, but I thought I'd bring this up because rats are my favorite animal. He played a giant rat in some other movie. I think you said the name of it. Latitude Zero. Yes. I have not seen this movie, but now I want to watch it. Yeah, he played a giant rat, a rat of unusual size. He also, in that same movie, played a Batman. (laughs) Two words. Not the Batman. (laughs) A bat who was a man. Yeah, the name is Batman. Two different words. Batman. Not um, man bad either. So yeah, he was a he was a pretty big deal back in the day of of the sixties. Um and I, I pulled this quote up from one of the uh from one of the special effects directors from the Showa era. I wanted to read this quote. Yeah, hit us with it. Inside the Godzilla suit, it was very dark, lonely, and isolated. Usually the person who wears the suit becomes nervous and anxious. During the summertime it's very hot. It can become hell in there. But Mr. Nakajima always persevered. He acted in the suit underwater, he was buried underground, and withstood pyrotechnic explosions. And through it all, he was always Godzilla. That's kind of that's kind of beautiful. That's pretty badass, yeah. That's a pyrotechnic really sweet quote. Pyrotechnic explosions, people. Oh yeah, no, just always the explosions. This man is a legend among legends. Yeah, born January 1st, 1929, and then passed away in 2017 at the age of 88. rest in glorious peace. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, this guy, we kind of like owe all of Godzilla to this guy because he made the suit. Without him, there was no original. Yeah, he made the suit work, and he did great at it. So just wanted to pay the respects to Nakajima himself. He is an OG badass. But, uh, yeah, then he retired in 72 after the Gigan movie and... Uh, you know, they used, he appears in other movies, but it's mainly just a stock footage. So if yeah, you look at his so IMDb. Yeah, just little clips from older movies to make a reference. Yeah. But, so, um, what else we got on this big old scaly boy? Uh, well, there are two ways we can relate this guy to the other two series. The first of which, uh, I'm going to say is the uh, Millennium series that it relates to. And the two Mechagodzilla movies of that series, Mechagodzilla and Go- or Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla against Mechagodzilla 2, the bones for that God- Mechagodzilla, also known as Kiryu, were used to make that Kiryu monster That's by true. using the bones and DNA for the computer modules that controlled it. Doing so, though, actually reawakened the spirit of the 1954 Godzilla within the mech and so it would go out of control and go on a rampage and destroy the town it was deployed in. If you want to know more about that, we are doing Kiryu very soon. Yeah, we're going to keep get your ears open out. for that. Uh, Kiryu is the name of the Mechagodzilla. Obviously. Yeah, they called it Kiryu because it was something about robot and dragonish. Well, we'll, go, we'll get into yeah. that later, Chuck. You're, yeah. you're getting a little ahead. I it's my favorite Mechagodzilla. Sorry, <laughs> I got excited. The other reference is to the uh, Heisei series, where they. Uh, 
mentioned the oxygen destroyer weapon that destroyed the original 54 Godzilla, but was also crucial in creating the destroyer monster mm-hmm. that was the final boss for Godzilla in that series. Correct. Um, so basically, through all of Showa and all of Heisei, this OG Godzilla is canon within those universes. Yes. And then he's also canon in some of the Millennium movies. Yeah, not all of them, because a lot of the Millennium movies don't actually have a base storyline that they all follow. Yeah, they all, all of them are individual except the two Godzillas. Right. Those are the only two that have like a back-to-back story connection. Yeah. So this guy, like, he's, this is a very important monster. And it's interesting because I've talked to a couple of other people who like Godzilla, like not big fans, but they're, they, they, they've never seen this original Godzilla. And it's like, man, you really should check it out. Like, it's such a classic. Yeah, like, even for me, that wasn't the first movie I saw, but I made sure no, no. I went and watched it at some point. It's definitely not the first movie. It's probably not the first movie a lot of Godzilla fans yeah, see. Yeah, it's a really harder one to get a hold of. Yeah, at least here in America, for sure. Yeah. Again, not sponsors of anything, but if any of you have the uh, streaming service HBO Max, it is on there. Mm-hmm. Both so, the American and the Japanese version. So, yeah, there. if you can't make it to a movie theater on November 3rd to watch it, you can still get it on HBO Max. Even if you got to just get that one-week trial, you got to watch this movie. <laughs> um, the American version is called Godzilla King of the Monsters, and the, the Japanese is just called Godzilla. Yeah, just Godzilla. So, so then this Godzilla, he is the stem of all of Showa, but then there's the Godzilla from Raids Again is the Godzilla for the rest of the Showa series. Yeah, because obviously the first one died. Um, Godzilla Raids Again is the second Godzilla movie yeah, ever. Yeah, the second one to show up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Chuck, give me some... Uh... So, I mentioned Gorilla and Whale. What did I mean by Gorilla and Whale when I opened the show? Oh, you know, um, I think those were... I forget, actually. Hold on. The, the, the kanjis used to make the word Gorgira? Yes, yes, there we go. Um, are stem from gorilla and whale in Japanese, and they combine the two kanji to make Gorgira. Yeah. Um, but then, a lot of people think that America rebranded Gorgira into a Godzilla to make us understand that more. That's actually false. Yeah, actually, that, Toho. Yeah, Toho came up with that idea with their, uh, not sales guy, uh... Marketing? Market, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. the, their marketing guy came up with that idea for the American releases. Yeah, which I actually, like, I like the name Godzilla. Yeah. The I fact mean, that it's an Americanized name that America didn't make, but got right. Yeah, I, I, that was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, wow, we weren't just the, the Americans that couldn't pronounce Gojira. No, right. they gave it to us no, to they, say. They're like, here, we don't want you to mess it up, so we <laughs> did it for you. <laughs> so, give me some of the stats of this uh, big boy. Like, what's his abilities? Uh, being the original monster, they didn't have a lot of foresight to give him a whole array of abilities. So he's just got, you know, his natural tail, claws, brute strength, his uh, insane durability that allows him to tank hits from tanks and mortar shells like they're nothing. He's like unaffected. He got slowed down by an electric fence, but not for very long at all. It's actually like, I like that idea that like, let's make this giant electric Yeah, that fence. was actually a recurring theme for a lot of different Godzillas, even, in, even mm-hmm. in other series. Natural electricity from like lightning storms, that powers them up, but yeah, man-made electricity slows them down. Yeah, I just like that idea of like, well, we have a giant monster, what we do? Well, let's just build a fence. Like, I, always thought, right. I always thought of that as like some kind of weird metaphor for man affecting nature in a negative way. That could be. I thought of it as like I'm a far. I grew up on a farm, so hey, let's let's make an electric fence to keep the cows inside. You know, but <laughs> I guess I could make. I guess that would work too. Um, Yours is more elegant. We'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> and then there's you know his signature atomic breath. 
which was also called an incandescent light in the original mm-hmm. because it looked like just a burst of white like vapor like like white vaporish light coming out of his mouth but it was hot enough to melt melt metal yes it was extremely high temperatured it would melt uh cable towers tanks would be reduced to a puddle of metallic slush mhm yeah nothing was uh surviving the heat from that as far as abilities go, other than him being able to live underwater as an aquatic creature, that's about it. Yeah, uh, that, that that's about it. He's amphibious, so he can go on water and land, you know, like as all the other Godzillas. Right. Um, the roar. Did you see how they got the original roar? Yes, actually, I wanted to bring that up, too. They used a glove covered in pine tar and rubbed it on a guitar string. Where they, bass. Uh, a a bass, stand-up bass. A stand-up bass, but they loosened the G. I the, think they the said it e. was. I think it was e? the E. The E or the G, one of the two. I don't remember which one. But yeah, they just strummed the strings with a pine tarred glove. That's how we and get that. That's how we get that roar. The the iconic creonk. Creonk. Yeah. We uh, we can't play it on here for copyright reasons, but I probably could. We're we're small enough. Like we can still slide under the <laughs> under the radar, but if you want to try, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> and then about the design. Um, how'd they get the scaly skin, Chuck? Well, I wanna, I wanna go a little bit into his origin story about that. Sure. So, apparently, for his origin story, he, uh, lived in an underwater cave, possibly with or without family. There could have been some down there. And then when people started doing atomic bomb testing in the area, it wiped out whatever family he had there and scarred his skin with radiation. Which is why he has those that jagged, all scarred up flesh look to him. But apparently he used to be all smooth before those bombs hit and messed him up. Old smooth boy. Yeah, he was just a smooth reptile living underwater. And, and then threw a bomb at him. And then also that lines up with the fact that um, a lot of people who were exposed to horrible radiation from the atomic bomb. Yeah, that was the reference there. Their going skin for. was really scaled up like that, too. Yeah. But so. it's interesting how, like, he's really irradiated. <laughs> The irradiation morphed him into this giant kaiju, but then also it could kill his family and scar him? I'm guessing that it was a selection of survivability, maybe? Like, he was just able to survive it, and as a result, mutated from it. I'm, I'm gonna go with that explanation, because I don't... Now, I can't think of a better way to explain mm, that. Okay, one. fair enough. Survival of the fittest. He had the fittest body. We're I guess, but they did mention, like, it was testing. Like, we're, we're getting this information from, like, a comic strip. Right. Or a manga that was written. Yeah, we had to dig deep for this one. Yeah. Um, I didn't dig, I had to dig that deep. I found it pretty, kind of easily, but. <laughs> You're more tech savvy on computers than I am. Also, uh-huh. I don't have a computer. I'm looking, th- I'm looking stuff up on a phone. Okay. I'm sorry I offended you, Charles. I'm not offended. I'm just like, don't shame me for not having technology. I'm not shaming Charles. It's okay. We all love you. This is a safe place. Everyone give Charles a hug. I would like to have a computer. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. You, we have bonus checks from work. Just use that to buy a laptop. I like bought 400. a phone. All right, Charles. I bought a mobile computer. Okay. <laughs> Do you know the phones in our pockets are more powerful than the, the computers that sent NASA to the moon in 69? Which is horrifying to think it's about. It's crazy to think about, yeah. isn't it? That like, like I could launch a missile with this. I mean, you could. Don't say that out loud, because then the government's going to track you for a while. But 
The you, government doesn't listen to this. You probably could. <laughs> yeah, we have like that one FBI agent who's just like, oh, Godzilla pockets. God damn it. Now we're oh, about launching missiles. My, my FBI agent's listening to me. That's right. Our, also, yeah, we have our phones in here. Our phones are like always open. The mic's always open. Right. So they can hear shit. That FBI agent. FBI agent's listening. Charles does not have any intent to launch no, missiles. No, no, I don't. Unless Godzilla's up there, then shoot me to the moon, friends. <laughs> uh, is Godzilla on the moon? Has he been on the moon before? Actually, hold on. He's been to. He's been to another planet. Uh, yeah, the invasion of Astro Monster. Like Monster. Times, he I went think. to planet X. Yeah, I don't think he's been on the moon. No, I don't think he's touched down on the moon. I don't think so. He could probably blow up the moon. Well, yeah, from Earth. Oh, that'd be cool, dude. That'd be fucking cool, dude. Uh, well, for, well, I, I want to see a movie where he blows up the moon. <laughs> I have a couple references where it could actually be possible. Actually. First off, in the Millennium series, Final Wars, he tanks a meteor by slowing it down and blasting it with his red heat ray, which is insane. A meteor's not quite the size of the moon. No, but it's fairly large. Also, I was going to say legendary. He burled a, he burned a hole. Yeah, that was my next Earth. reference. Yeah, he burned a hole big enough for King Kong to crawl through, through the planet down to the core, or center hollow area. Technically. The hollow earth. Yeah. Get it right. But that's miles of earth still to blast So through. if you put Godzilla on the moon and say he could breathe, he could cut the moon in half, I think. Give him enough time. Yeah. He cut the earth. He I mean, almost he, cut the earth in half, basically. He well, almost, he drilled a well, he hole. Put, he could have put a hole straight through the planet. I mean, the moon is much smaller than the earth. Right. Like, the moon's like the size of also, America. Also, if we're talking about breathing in space, he was on that alien planet. We don't know if it had an oxygen layer. <laughs> that's true and he can breathe underwater he could probably no i breathe. think there was air no i just watched invasion of the astro monster like a month ago oh was there air? they they did the the space they brought humans there first oh, and okay. i think they did take their their helmet off if i remember i just okay. watched them yeah before. i have not seen that one in many a year i know it's on max too but I it's a good movie that one's a good show movie i'll for have sure. to watch that one later today but yeah i i want I want a movie where Godzilla cuts the moon in half. That's all I want. You know, we could probably make a comic strip of our own and do that. Well, I'm not an artist. Can you draw? No, but you know an artist. I know several artists, but like, I'm not going to pay them to do a whole comic. (laughs) It's like a lot of money. That's how they earn a living. Artists Artists are to be paid what they're worth, and they set their prices. I respect that. But for them to make a whole comic... Even though they're my friend, I get that friend discount. We're talking probably a couple G. Yeah. I don't got that to make a comic. (laughs) Unless I could guarantee like 10,000 people want to buy it for like three bucks. I'll make my money back. But yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Getting back to OG Big G here. So we went into the name Gojira. Uh, We talked about how he got the roar. I mean, I know this isn't a movie review, but considering this is like the movie we can call we can talk about the movie right. itself yeah 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 yeah. like so. how they use puppets <laughs> they use one puppet for a couple of scenes i mean yeah we always talk about the plot of the movie every episode anyway well, yeah. let's go ahead and do that well I, there's a little bit we can get into about the movie before we get into the plot so there was like multiple suits made yeah the first one was way too heavy yeah they actually ended up cutting that one in half to use for close-up scenes of the body of yeah. the bottom yeah they, no, they actually used... did it for a couple of what the top have two oh that's right yeah they cut in half they use yeah um it, it was way too fucking big. Uh, oh, like they used the crocodile skin to base the go into the crocodile skin stuff. Yeah, so uh, they first when they were coming up with a suit design, they used three different designs, but they landed on the crocodilian skin one because it matched, you know, 
uh, the radiated the scarring. What were the other two? Do you remember what the other two were? Uh, it was like I shark do, and I don't think it was shark, and but butt. It was uh, one was just kind of studded with dots. Yeah, that's right. And then the other one I think was actually smooth. Mm-hmm. And so they landed on the one with the crocodile one because it looked the more reptilish scarring look they were going for. Look more badass. Yeah. Okay. And so that's how we ended up with the uh, radiated scar look on Godzilla throughout his entire body. But they went with a crocodilian design over the other two because, you know, a bumpy Godzilla just didn't look right. <laughs> I think the kind of, like, the studded bumps looked kind of cool, actually. Like, they there was a couple of test images. I think that would have been, yeah, been passable. Eh, maybe. I wouldn't have been upset at that. I don't think I would have been upset, but uh, that, that classic look's hard to beat over. Mm. Oh, also, there's a dispute on the original color of the Godzilla. Yeah, he, some I think... say green, some say a greenish red, some say a brown, a brownish red. In all of the like the toys made at that time, they all depicted him as brown. Yeah, he was mostly depicted as brown outside of. But the then eventually one. we get the the, the, the green, greenish yeah. color that we have. The iconic the rest green of the we get. But yeah, all right. Should we go into the plot of the movie? All right, so plot of this movie, Charles, Godzilla, 1954, or Gorgira, 1954. All right, so our setting. Uh, I believe, I don't actually remember where the movie starts, but anyway. In Japan. Yeah, well, in Japan. <laughs> in the yes, ocean. Come on, <laughs> come on. A ship gets toppled over and disappears. Which, this was a reference to another real-life event that happened. Yeah, I don't know the event, though. So, there was, America was testing nuclear bombs. And a Japanese fishing boat called the Lucky Dragon Number no. 5 got too close, and it kind of fucked those people up on the ship. And it was like a big international incident in the early 50s. So this opening scene in the movie references that, because there's the fishing boat that gets exposed to Godzilla, and they kind of die. Because like so the ocean the is boiling with radiation and stuff. Yeah, so basically the ship is out at sea, they see some area of it boiling, it explodes, Godzilla pops out, they all die. There's only, like, one survivor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, they found him on, like, the second attempt to, yeah. <laughs> to go out the bits. They sent out another boat, but that one disappeared, too, and then they finally found a survivor who may or may not have been from either the first or second boat that got tanked. Yeah, basically, the there's some ships in this area of the Bay of Japan that just keep disappearing, and that's pretty much the plot. They're like, what the hell's causing yeah. this? And then fast forward a little bit, there's a storm going on on this island area. Well, it's like a beach area. Yeah, it's an islandish. Yeah, area. it's like an island beach area. And uh throughout the storm, you the people there start feeling like, you know, small tremors that are getting bigger and bigger. And suddenly out of nowhere, a giant monstrous foot just flattens the house. Yeah. And, and, uh, and before this, like, there's an elder of the village that's like, no, this is Godzilla. He's going to come and fuck shit up. Yeah, apparently there's a whole thing about uh, some legendary sea monster that they called Godzilla. And then <laughs> this shows up and they're like, oh, it's Godzilla. Yeah, the, the, the old man said, when the sea runs out of fish, Godzilla comes to land. And what we would do to satiate that hunger is we would put a young girl on a raft and send her out to sea. This human sacrifice. Jesus. Stuff. Old Why man, a young woman too, like, right? Like and if, everything, not even just this, like anything where it's sacrifice a human sacrifice. Why is it got to be a beautiful young woman? Send the old man. <laughs> Don't send anyone. Human sacrifice is not good, Charles. No, it's not. But if you're gonna send someone, send someone who's not long for this world anymore. But also the logic of he ate all the fish in the sea. 
one young woman will satiate the hunger. Right? Like, what? One one person's like equal to like the weight of one person. Let's say a hundred and fifteen pounds for a young girl. I mean, they couldn't have just found a whale. What's that? Like eight fish? Like <laughs> means nothing. Well, it depends on the fish. I mean, a tuna's pretty damn big. I'm not. I don't know if there's tuna. There's probably tuna in Japan. There's sushi. Yeah, I, I don't. Right. I don't know the ocean currents as far as fish. I'm not a marine biologist. We yeah, went over that. We, yeah, we're, <laughs> we are not fish experts. We are Godzilla enthusiasts. We're not fishmongers. Do you know there's a real occupation of cheesemonger? People just like like are they taste cheese and they're like this cheese has notes of of berry like oh I didn't know I was I, I knew that was a profession I didn't know what it was called with, when I was in school and someone said to me hey cheesemonger is a real job I would have like tried harder <laughs> would have become a cheesemonger also there's a position called folklorist that your entire job is just learning like ancient folklore and like you like work for a university and that's your that job was like a legitimate profession if someone told me when i was 15 this is a real job i'm studying harder and like i'm going to like a yeah, university why don't they ever tell us about the cool jobs no there's know. never like the, the kids, fun cool jobs. kids reese there's some cool jobs out there research that stuff if some you really, want to be a folklorist some really off-brand outlandish shit look it up yeah there's some cool jobs so stay in school kids try harder otherwise you'll end up stuck Making a podcast when you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have fun, though. We do have fun. Anyway, though, back to the plot. So, you know, Godzilla finally comes ashore, destroys this town, and they send a whole crew, like a fact-checking crew, I think they called it. Pretty much. To investigate what happened. Uh, they're, while they're out there, someone actually finds, like, an intact trilobite on the ground. and they're, like, Inside of a, sh- a fo- footprint. Of yeah, Godzilla's. they didn't realize there's a fruit. A fruit. fruit. You did the same thing I did, because I almost said boot, and I changed it to foot. <sighs> so, fruit. me now. <laughs> they didn't realize what it was until they started going up the mountainside that was on the island, and then peered back down and saw it was footprint tracks leading back out to the water. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, the man just pops up from the other side of the mountain after an alarm was raised. And they're like, holy shit, let's get out of here. Yeah, Godzilla, the puppet, comes up, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's when they did, uh, that one, I think, was actually a hand puppet. Yeah, that was the hand puppet, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't the, uh, top half of no, the 220-pound the one yeah. they cut. Which, they had so many different, like, little figurines and suits and puppetry for mm-hmm. this monster, which is freaking awesome. And that's what you call good movie-making. I mean, the puppet is kind of busted looking, like yeah, but it's th- got that like for the time. It's got that scarred flesh look to it still. Too. The eyes always look weird on the original fifty four Godzilla. The eyes are really buggy looking. I do like the jagged teeth though, especially in Godzilla Raids again. The close up of Godzilla with the busted jagged teeth is fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Like some of them are even going different directions. Yeah, sure. that's Godzilla Raids again. This one, he's mostly straight. There's some jaggedness. But... Yeah, they're like in a row straightish. And yeah. then in Raids Again, they're all kind of yeah, bent out of shape. It's a so bit. cute. Yeah, it's so good. Though. I love Snaggletooth Godzilla. <laughs> Snaggletooth Godzilla. Um, so basically, Tokyo is like, all right, we got to get ready because this big boy is going to come. Yeah, there, apparently there's a huge debate over whether they should tell people what it was or not. I think eventually they did. Well, there's no hiding it after he comes ashore. Right. Uh, he, he shows up, just kind of messes up like the shore a little bit. He's like, hey, fuck your train. And stuff. Then he kind of leaves, and they're like, well, what do we do? Electric fence. Oh, it doesn't stop anything. So they start just throwing in the tanks and artillery, and that doesn't did, do anything. did even less. Yeah. Uh, and then there's there's the one scene, like, after he just, like, 
Dis- messes up yeah this tokyo. is when he entirely just wipes out tokyo almost basically and like it's this is where the horror aspect comes in because yeah. these people just experienced two cities being blown up oh the in score real life for these scenes too man that score yeah so That's this is where score. the this is where the horror comes in chuck it's the nine it, it's literally just nine years ago that the atomic bomb dropped right like just think about that we were living together nine years ago just imagine if during when we first moved in together, like a nuclear bomb went off in the Quad Cities, and then we're just now, and then there's a movie about nu- nuclear bombs or well, giant monsters. Would we be alive? Probably not. No, <laughs> we'd be dead. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the shockwave would probably blow. But away, I'm just saying, like, getting that mindset, like, literally less than a decade ago at this time, like that's why it's so heavy on the emotional and psychological aspect yeah, of. Yeah, they they even nu- take the time to show like all the people after the disaster, like the horrid look on their faces of mm-hmm. hopelessness, and they're all irradiated, and they got radiation sickness, yeah, and these uh, people everyone's dying. bandaged up, there's just people laying there dead. Like for the time, this is absolutely a horror movie, especially for Japan. Like, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. So. Um, there's that little bit, so after Godzilla fucks up the city, he's leaving, then they have the jets come out and try to shoot him. They don't do anything, but there's, like, that little glimmer of hope. They're like, we can beat him, maybe. We just need to find something to beat him. And during this entire series, there's a scientist that's like, I want to study Godzilla. And the military is like, he's killing people. Let's not study him. Right. So there's this one scientist who invents this horrible weapon. Yeah, uh, Dr. Sarazawa. He invents the... Oxygen Destroyer. Oxygen Destroyer bomb. The bomb, yes. Yeah, well, it's Oxygen Destroyer, like, chemical but compound. Even, even this doctor feared his own research to such a degree that he refused for a while to even use it on the Godzilla, and was only convinced when he uh, saw, a, saw prayer. a prayer of people praying for this horror to end. So what does the Oxygen Destroyer bomb do, Charles? It basically just destroys all living tissue in an area by in wiping out the oxygen in it. In the water. It's, it specifically says in the water. I remember I just watched it. It says, like, in the water. No, I think, well, I know they detonated it in the water. But right. If they detonated it out of the water, it probably would have been a lot worse. No, I, it, like, the, it's designed for being the, to be in the water. I just oh. watched it. Oh. Um, seems a bit strange. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how it's like. Fuck these fish. <laughs> yeah, we really want to kill these fish. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, if given more time, the research, they probably could have made it into a bomb to blow right, right. outside of water. But yeah, uh, was like, no, this is awful. Like, it literally, it shows one scene where it, like, liquefies fish in a fish tank when he's testing yeah. it. and then the girl that saw it was horrified. Yeah, she's like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. But then she's so, like, hey, go drop that on Godzilla. Yeah, so when he finally agrees to do this, to use it on Godzilla... He destroys all his research papers so that mm-hmm. nobody can come back and take the information and then fully insists that he be the one to detonate it at point blank range, also killing himself so no one could force him to make another one. Yeah, that's that's a really heart wrenching scene because like he's friends with the girl and his fiance and he's like, hey, like live a good life. Like be good. Yeah. I'm going to blow fiance, myself up. Fiance went down there with him originally, yeah. but he made him go back up and then cut his own line so he couldn't go back up. Yeah, and he's like, we're going out together. Like, this this technology will never be seen again because I'm dying with it. Yeah. Which is very admirable. Very smart because humans do not have a good history of using things for nothing. Right. Like, they go into that and how, like, you know, I don't want this to fall in the wrong hands and stuff. And then we see Godzilla turn into a big old pile of bones. 
Yeah, his all his flesh and organs all gone. The only thing left behind was a bone. And then fast forward thirty years, and then we got Kiryu. Yeah, <laughs> which we we'll go into. Have, we may not have got the bomb, but we got the results of it. But we'll go into Kiryu in the next episode. That's our next episode. Is going to be Kiryu. Oh, is it going to be? Yep. All right. I'm excited because now. then after that, we're doing the other thing I talked to you about. We got that debate the other day at work. Of, you'll I'll tell you off air, but I want to leave that a secret. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the conversation <laughs> we had. But yeah, I'm excited for the next two episodes for sure. But yeah, that's Godzilla 1954. Yeah. So where do you uh where do you put this guy on the tier list? Of uh, favorite or just overall like strength wise? Uh strength wise, uh probably not super high. He's only a 50 meter, 20,000 metric ton. So even his actual strength compared to others probably isn't as good could just as a mm-hmm. general mass and size comparison so i would probably put him not even in the top 10 as far as power goes compared to the other just even the a tier s tier c oh tier uh, i'd probably put him in b b tier yeah uh, maybe low as a A's. kaiju he's probably like low b like he's not as strong as the other godzillas for sure oh definitely not he's Besides Zilla, he might be the weakest Godzilla. Yeah, the in first, general, first are generally the weakest, but the yeah. most classic. But for classicness, historical impact on the world, he oh, is he's, the he's, Mac Daddy. Yes, S tier, Star tier, whatever that, whatever's higher than that, triple S tier, whatever you want to call it, he is the most important. For people who play phone mobile games, he's the SSR rare. Okay, I, I don't know what that is. There's a lot of games that are like idle games where you pull characters out. And like, I don't get the point of an idle game. Because it's like, I want to play a game. It's something wanna... to do when you're bored, alright? I don't want the screen to do it for me. <laughs> like, what's the point of an idle game? To I, not be bored. I'm an old man, I guess. Yeah. I just... yeah they have rarities in a lot of those games that are like S-rares, <laughs> S-R-rares, S-S-R-rares. I think it's weird. But yeah, that's Gorgira. This guy kicks it all off. He's the first one. It's Showa. So, yeah. I if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Please like, remember free HBO free Max. membership for a week on HBO Max and watch the Japanese and um, American version if you want. And to. hey, if you want to keep the HBO Max, there's a lot of other Godzilla movies from the Showa series on there. The entire Showa series is on there, including like the Rodan and Mothra movies. Yeah, the reason that being is because they are part of the Criterion Collection. The Criterion Collection is like a collection of movies that like these people have deemed like very important to like the history of cinema. Yeah. That's what the Criteria Collection is in the entire show series in there. And, and then HBO is very historic. Yeah, and HBO bought the Criterion Collection to put on HBO Max. Thank so. God. Because now I can watch it whenever <laughs> I want. Or you can just buy the Blu-ray compilation that I have, Charles. It's only like 120 bucks. I have it for free already. And I watch Fair other enough. things on HBO Max. So Alright, I'm hey, I'm not here Again, to, we are not sponsoring. I'm not here to help tell you how to live your life. But, hey, everyone, that is Godzilla. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you raise five stars on Apple and leave us a review, I will read it on here. Uh, follow us on all the social media, on the Twitter and Instagram. I don't update it a bunch, but, yeah, please follow us. Uh, Godzilla DAP. You can find my other show, Lost Legends Tales of Thern, wherever you listen to this podcast. It's a real play podcast about Dungeons and & Dragons, and it's a lot of fun. Season 2 is just about to wrap, so catch up real quick. You got anything, Charles? Uh, you keep telling me to make a YouTube channel, so I might do one about me just testing Yu-Gi-Oh decks. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay. Possibly keep an eye out for me testing Yu-Gi-Oh decks against myself when I'm bored. Sure. And uh, I think that's about it for us this episode. And so I'm going to just tell you all to remember to thank God for Godzilla. <laughs>